Mm-hmm. And we would really study, learn more, and dig deeper into how Jesus really reached out to the marginalized. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus is really a friend, first and foremost. Welcome to Season 4 of the Surrender Podcast. I'm Craig Petty. And I'm Charlene De Los Santos. This year, we're on a road trip to meet and reconnect with friends who are finding Jesus in the margins. Join us on the road and listen in to stories from around Victoria, in Adelaide, Sydney and beyond, leading up to a national gathering in Melbourne 2023. Here's a chance to listen and learn from those who might have walks different to our own. We're hoping you come away inspired to live out the radical call of Jesus amongst the margins. Welcome to part two of our conversation with Ate Tina, Program Coordinator of Made in Hope Philippines, and she works in Quezon City, Philippines. We're also joined by Ben Chong, founder and facilitator of our Surrender Leadership Program. Um, I'm curious about, uh, for you, Ate Tina, one of the things that struck Chelsea and I so much from living with you guys for a month is there's just deep joy in the midst of some really painful circumstances and stories and you're exposed to so much hardship as you opened up you know this conversation sharing about just the average life of some of the survivors and the women and the children that you walk alongside Um, and one of the questions we asked you guys was how do you stay hopeful and joyful in the midst of difficult places and circumstances and I I remember Mm. that one of the things that you taught me was a really beautiful prayer about when you proclaim something about who God is and then it means something about who you are. Would you, t- would you t- tell us about what that prayer looks like, if you can remember what you taught me? Which one? <laughs> yeah. I still remember you, that, Ben. What is the, you the were telling me You were telling me about how, you know, when you say, you know, God, you are my father, and then you sit still oh. and, and you dwell in that, and then you listen, uh-huh. and then... And then whether or not you believe it, you say, and I am your beloved daughter or child. You know, anything we say Mm -hmm. about God means something about us. Could you talk to us about that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's just something that uh, because, you know, we we relate uh, with God, of course. So you relate with him according to how you experience it. So I began that prayer, like, you are my father. I am your daughter. You are my teacher. (laughs) The way I experience God, you are, or also the way you experience it through other people, mm-hmm. God through other people. So you are my teacher, you are my counselor. You know, we also te- uh, teach the women, like how do you experience God every day? How do you experience him being a comforter when you are down and you don't have anyone uh, with you? So it's sensing sensing uh, where God is at the moment or, or at many moments and you know declaring that because he is God he knows he knows you and and he is God and I submit to him <laughs> so I, I think that's what it means to me that he is my God and he is in control of everything but you make it more specific mm. like you are my teacher I am your student because many times in my life, God has been my teacher. Even my teacher was not able to teach me the way God taught my heart. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you are my shepherd. You, I am your sheep. So mm-hmm. all the things, the illustrations that 
And now the women, you know, they would uh, because there's an intern here from Wheaton, and she said, and she studied how the women would pray, and uh, they came up with prayers of prayers while washing the dishes, <laughs> prayers while changing the diaper of the baby. Mm-hmm. So we teach the women also how to sense God mm-hmm. and uh, you know talk to Him in the ordinariness of life, mm-hmm. even while changing the nappies or. Uh, when you are nervous or when you are inside the the the, the, the inside the comfort room <laughs> comfort room we call here the the toilet you know the bathroom mm-hmm. so it's really sensing where god is and for filipinos i think we have an advantage because filipinos have a big sense of that there is god and so it's not hard for us to even if they don't see god Uh, to use your senses and then to determine, you know, like recognize, oh, there is God. So like when we do a Bible, before I do our morning reflection first, we would sometimes ask, where do you, did you see God this morning when you when you wake up, upon waking up? So, and we turn it into a prayer. So, you know, it's, uh, I think, praying praying in silence or praying and sensing where God is at work. But what is hard is when a woman is abused or a child is abused. So where is God when I was being raped? You know, that that's a tough, that's a tough uh, question to answer. Hmm. And we would tell the women, you know, uh, God is there. But, And so, of course, many quest- more questions would arise from a woman who's battered and who's exploited. Mm-hmm. But for her to be able to ask that is, I think, in an, in the asking, she is finding God. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways by which we really also sort of teach the women is to really sense where God is at at any moment. And so that's also non-threatening for them. Because mm-hmm. most of their the things in their lives they keep a secret, so we tell them that you know you can talk to God in in uh, all the secrets that you have, and we let them read Psalm one thirty nine, for example, mm-hmm. and of course we have a song that we composed on uh, Psalm thirty nine, which is so deep, and so yeah, those things, the little things that. Um, will remind them of God. Uh, yeah, and, and those are the things that uh, we we make it a lifestyle uh, as as service providers, as uh, helpers of women, and so we pass it on to the women. So, hmm. and for those who are under our training program, uh, I think it's a, a normal now. It's a normal question to ask. Where did you sense? Where do you sense God today, right at this moment? Mm. The women really, really want to come closer to God, even as they know that they are sinning and that uh, they have, uh, they are hard. They would always say, "I'm hard-headed. I'm a rebellious person," but they have that deep desire to know God. For us, the question would always be, "How can they?" recognize that God is where they are at at any given time mm. to sharing ordinary things <laughs> that happen every day. Mm. Mm. 
So what about for you? Where do you find hope? And what's a story of hope from your experiences that you can hold on to? Hope for me is, uh, you know, the transformation that I, that I see in the women's lives, whether it be just a smile <laughs> when before she would not smile. So for, that, for me, that's hope. Or if he says, can you pray for me? Or how do you pray? Or, uh, you know, when, you, when we go there to visit, their faces light up. That's hope for us. Because that means with their very, very sad and lonely life, there are some signs uh, of hope hmm. that, you, that they see in you. We have this, this, this song, Jesus Christ is waiting, waiting in the streets. Yeah, for us, when before we visit, we would say, okay, Jesus is already there. He's waiting for us. So, and you know, when you, you see the women smiling uh, upon when you visit them and when they start to open up, that is hope for us. Of course, it's a long, long way because this ministry is really for the long haul. Uh, we have women whom we have been in relationships with for 20 plus years. So it's always looking for signs of joy. When you see children and they say, oh, I miss you. When before, they would not even greet you. Yeah, little signs of hope for us, seeing them, you know, having more conversations also. Our conversations are progressing, like from just being problems to now recognizing that there's hope. And what gives us joy is also, you know, the community. When we gather together for 20 plus years that I have been in this kind of ministry, I'm always, always excited to listen how God would, would uh, speak to their hearts uh, through the gospel. Because when we meet, it's usually, of course, uh, you know, asking how you are and then in the morning and then going into scripture, we follow the liturgical daily readings of the Catholic and it has seasons like the ordinary time, you know, the Advent, etc. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, how, and we use the Lectio Divina or the Bibliodrama, creative Bible stories, reading. It gives me joy. I think it keeps me young. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fun and laughter whenever yeah. they share. <laughs> yep. I so, think that. Some of the hardest that Chelsea, times that Chelsea and I laughed on our trip was in the Philippines <laughs> with you guys. And I think that's also one of the things that we learned about, you know, as we, as we traveled, trying to find out how do people stay in this for the long haul and love Jesus without falling away. And um, one of the things we learned from you and Arte Lisa, Arte Michelle and the, and the women in the community was like, it's like that celebration is your superpower. You guys celebrate everything you, you, can't, nothing, you can't do a thing in that house or have a thing happen without someone going thank you lord or god is good and um you guys just notice and take take notice and then make a point of celebrating and giving thanks all the time and i, I don't know if you notice the difference it makes but as outsiders and from mm. christian circles back in australia which can sometimes be quite very very clever but quite cynical mm. um it was so incredible to watch the fruit of what happens to people if they give thanks frequently mm -hmm. and make, and that's that's the muscle you you exercise mm -hmm. it taught us a lot that that celebration is so key mm -hmm. to having hope mm. 
just cooking something together like mm. oh it's a uh, uh today i uh, i was able to type in the computer you know oh celebration so now we have a snack <laughs> 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 so, I think we got that from you know uh, you know we, we learned somewhere that uh well it's in the books like you when you you um teach a child you give them positive experiences and so we realized that with also the women who have had a lot of woes you know in mm. life you also give them a taste of positive experiences mm. so yeah it's, it's much the same with uh with the women because mm. they have had a lot of very very sad uh, moments like when you ask them uh what are the good memories that you had when you were children they would cry mm. instead of smile and they would cry and so mm. yeah so we celebrate almost every good news you know trying a coffee trying a coffee bar newly opened coffee restaurant there doesn't cost a lot mm. so but to be able to celebrate that it's really mm. good and they look forward to that <laughs> mm. so that's wonderful so when ben was telling me about you he described uh, some times when you've been asked to speak and then you would rather than speaking yourself on behalf of the women that you're walking alongside that you would pass the microphone so ben i wonder if you'd tell about your experience of that and then maybe uh, get Artetina's thoughts on on that approach yeah i mean you can see it right Artetina refuses to talk about herself she's <laughs> <laughs> so incredible like true truthfully one of the most i'll, I'll share this story it, it, it exemplifies for chelsea and i Artetina's character and heart we're standing in church next to each other and you know i'm five foot six i'm not tall but Artetina's is maybe at my waist and i'm looking look, look next to her and we are singing this song and it's the words are make me a servant humble and meek lord let me lift up those who are weak and may the prayer of my heart always be make me a servant today i've heard that song once in my life singing next to Artetina. the words are burned into my memory mm. and i remember singing that song and I looked at Artetina, who's next to me, and her hands are in the air, like up to where my chest is. And she's, and she's like, Artetina, like tears are streaming down your face. And you were pleading with God that this would be true about you. And I looked at Chelsea and she looked at me and we looked at you and we were just like, we don't know anybody who more embodies this song. Mm-hmm. And here she is pleading that this would be true about herself. And one of the things that we saw you repeatedly do is like I was talking about with dignity before is you make a point of making sure that if you tell the women that their voices are important, then you give them opportunities to see that, that you really mean that, you know, I know that there's been opportunities you've had to go to conferences or to meetings and to, to speak and you bring Arte Marilyn or you bring one of the other women to come up and speak instead, because you said, it's your, it's your story. It's your voice. God has done the thing in you. So you, you tell it, you know, and I see the incredible empowerment and dignity that gives to, to, the, to the women that you believe in them fully. It's not just you're doing a service for them or to them. It's I believe in you. I want to see you how much I want you to believe in yourself. Let me show you how much, how much more capable you are than you realize and how much more God is with you than you know. And yeah, so, and then I, you know, I remember that 
when we were there, you guys had just begun doing the spiritual formation with in partnership with some other organizations with International Justice mm. Mission and Wipe Every mm. Tear. And you said, you know, we're just a small organization. At the time, it was just seven women in a house each day. But you're, you ran a, you know, you ran the All-Stars camp. I mean, I'd love you to talk to the group about that. You know, 80-something survivors came and the women that you've done 20-year walks with, they were the ones who led that camp. They were the ones who were leading the Bible studies and the worship and the, and the fellowship and, and all of it. And so I, I think that's something incredible I saw is that I don't see many leaders who are secure enough to give away power so quickly. So, I mean, I don't know if that goes to the befriending or something else, but yeah, I'd love to hear what shaped that willingness in you. Um, yeah, I do remember that Ben, um, when they were speaking. I, I think it's because when we... I think we saw the gap, you know, being in this ministry for a long time, we saw what the gap was. You know, women get reintegrated, bar girls, street girls, reintegrate. That's a good thing. They really mm. need that. But the gap was, you know, if if Peter, uh, as a fisherman, was called Jesus, uh, Jesus called him the rock. <laughs> and, you know, and with all this, um, you know, when you look at the Acts uh, book, stories it's it's the disciples uh who really ran uh the you know they share the gospel so it's it's also possible with the women you know we've been in this ministry and you know i have committed my life to really reaching out to the women but but the gap is when um, among anti-trafficking ministries is uh trusting them in their capacity to lead how how far i mean how how deep is our trust in them that they are able to lead an organization and and i was also influenced by what i saw in nepal it's not even a christian organization but i was assigned there with salvation army we did a conference on human trafficking and we visited this place sakti somaho and i saw that from <laughs> The second floor, third, fourth floor until the first floor, it was really run by uh, all the women survivors. Mm. And so, but that was in our hearts. We were really um, thinking through how, how uh, you know, uh, how can we make the women lead? Because they have the capacity. Uh, most of the women that we have known are not college graduates. But they have the potential. We have to trust that potential. And so as Jesus uh, trusted Peter and James and John and all the other disciples, how can we not you know, trust our women who have known Jesus? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so that was our heart when we started SheWorks. We wanted women to become equipers, but we were not sure if they also wanted it. You know, so that's so it started with a support group, which later became a regular support group and later became an NGO. But we did not start it right away because we were not sure if they, that is what they want. And they wanted it, you know, because they have uh, most of the four out of six have been reintegrated to the communities. And they said, you know, we're here in the support group because we miss the fellowship, we miss the fun, but we also feel like we can give back 
you know, in our in, in any way. And so as we were also looking into, you know, what John Maxwell has said, leadership is influence. Uh, it's influence. You don't need to become a leader up there. But if you are able to, if you are equipped yourself and you are able to influence others to think in the same way and do some things and encourage them and lead them on, you are a leader. So that was our basis. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, and so they liked, liked it. So we, we, we visioned, we envisioned. And so we, I, led, I just led a very simple visioning with them. What do you want to, be, to become? And so the leadership came about. The leader, they want to be equippers of others, equippers of other survivors. They want to become leaders in their homes. They want to become leaders in their communities because some are already leading like a president of a co-op. They get elected. Mm-hmm. So they have the potential. So th- that's very uh, why we started She Works, and mm-hmm. so they started. So the, the vision, actually, the vision is their vision is every trafficked woman survivor living with her God-given dignity, meeting her practical needs sufficiently, serving, and leading others in the community, and advocating against modern-day slavery of women and children in partnership with the Body of Christ. They were the ones who said that that, they, what, that was what they wanted to do. Wow. And so that wow. was the shape. That is the shape of SheWorks. Uh, it's, uh, it's not really a step higher or we are a more advanced. No, I believe uh, it, it's even right at the start. You have to trust that the woman has a God-given capacity and skill and a gift that when harnessed, when, when provided with a safe environment, an accepting environment, they will really grow. So, yeah, that's our usual our usual basis. That's why when we are asked to speak, we always say, can the women come to? So that they have a part, if they want to. So we would ask the women if they want to. And most of the time, yes, I want to, if you are there. So, so we would accompany them. But now they are able to speak on their own. You know, mm-hmm. we just have to practice. And so, so... It's trusting. And I, I in mm. the same way, I also experienced that. People trusted me. Um, I didn't know that I have the capacity to handle or facilitate mm. uh, groups. But I was entrusted with, uh, by, by people who, who really did a, a great work because I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a shy person. When I was small. I would be so uh, <laughs> shy and I would not speak. And so... I'm now able to facilitate groups because they entrusted me with groups that I can also facilitate. So it is with the women. Uh, like if one woman, like now if we gather and we would say, okay, now we want to have a Bible study. We don't have a place yet, but uh, a place where our children and women could gather. And then, oh, I have, um, I have, I can cook. So she can be, she can organize women to cook. Mm-hmm. So, and we would say, you know, you have a capacity to lead in, in cooking. So you spot all the, the capacities that and experiences that they have and let it grow. So like when they when we taught them how to do computers, oh my gosh, it was so hard. There was crying and crying. I was like, oh, I thought they wanted to do the computers, but when they're at it, oh no, I can. I really can. And, <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, it was a drama. Actually, it was drama. But now, now you ask them and say, Ate, do you want me to send it in JPEG or in, uh, you know, PowerPoint? Or uh, how do you want us to lead the devotion? PowerPoint or bibliodrama or something. So it's, you know, it's, uh, and then they would say, oh, if you had not trusted me with that capacity. Mm. Uh, so that that is where we are coming from as she works. We want to mm-hmm. uh, uh, really harness whatever they have. And they would say, I don't have a talent. You do have a talent. Mm-hmm. So and just find it and, and we will help you find it. So and, and even oh with the children, like we just uh, they just ended their um, school year or before they ended the school year, and they did not get, get any medal. <laughs> so we gave them each a medal and a good at taking care of our siblings, a medal. Uh, so when they went home, <laughs> they slept with their medals on, you know. So it's uh, really uh, giving them credit for even the smallest thing that they have done and letting it grow so that they become confident. Mm. So, But it's a long, it's a long period of time before they can get to that stage. But it's still believing, believing in them. And sometimes they would be saying, you know, I it's like they're they say it's like sweets. Like you get tired of eating sweets because you always affirm me and affirm me. Why are you like that? No, because they're not used to the affirmation. Mm. But it's just a joke for them. Actually, they like it very much when they get affirmed. Um, Atitina, um, yeah, it's been so uh yeah, just wonderful to hear your stories um, and the way you really embody this befriending people and walking alongside people on the margins. I'm sure many of our listeners are being challenged. Anything, any words of encouragement or words of wisdom that you want to pass on to the Australian church? Well, I think I can think of uh, what I have mentioned before, that it's just really going back to Jesus. You know, he's our model. He still is very much present and at work amongst us, even if um, sometimes, you know, the world is chaotic and a lot of bad things happen along the way. But yeah, he's, he's very present. We just have to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to give us the sensitivity um, to, to see and to recognize where he is at. And he, he has always been good. He keeps his promises, even if sometimes it takes a long while. Uh, so uh, if the church members or church people think that, you know, where is God in all of this? Um, I, I believe God is in all of this, maybe not in the way that we want to see him. So I think it's just being open to where he is working. I also think that listening to God is uh, in silence will sustain us <laughs> because sometimes we are just working, working, serving, serving, but mm-hmm. we forget that to even look up and see the sky and, uh, yes. you know, just be silent. Mm-hmm. And uh, because God always speaks in the silence of our hearts, right? We don't always have to speak. We just have to feel. And uh, the Lord knows, the Lord knows where, the service that you are making, (laughs) your labor is not in vain. Mm. Um, But maybe you need to also keep quiet 
and not be afraid of the silence. Because sometimes we are really afraid of silence. I used to be very afraid of silence, but just allow the silence to, to be a part of your life. God will really make His presence felt. He knows when you are tired. He knows when you are doing a lot of things. He knows when you are being treated unfairly, even in the Christian circle. So silence really helps us. And for me, it what helps is like you know, Jesus. How do you do this? You know how how will you do this if you are here? I I need help. That's wonderful. Um, Aditina, just to finish off our time together, we've got a few questions that we just want to fire off and have some quick answers from you. If you're ready for that, I'm ready. Fill in the blank. Surrendering to Jesus means giving Him control, you know, over my heart, my mind, mm. all my decisions <laughs> every day. Mm. Beautiful. And what is your favorite type of music? Instrumental Filipino Christian music. I really love it because it speaks to my soul. <laughs> nice. And if you could have a coffee or a meal with a hero of the faith, living or dead, who would it be? Henry Nowen. Yeah. He has been my companion, Father Henry Nowen. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. He's been my very honest vulnerable yes uh, he really bears his soul but he draws you toward god that's wonderful <laughs> and if you could travel anywhere in the world where would you go israel, israel. <laughs> it's my dream place yeah nice i would like to be where jesus walked and where jesus was uh birthed <laughs> yes everything and what is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now my community here at She Works, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. is what really sustains me. Uh, of course, God, uh, but the community here at She Works, I'm deeply grateful mm-hmm. uh, that I have God has provided me with this community because mm-hmm. uh, I really feel God's love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a give and take relationship mm-hmm. that we have, even in the midst of hardship or sometimes quarrels. <laughs> but yeah, I am deeply grateful for the community that I have. That's great. We have cats too, so I am grateful for our cats. <laughs> cats as well. <laughs> nice. I love no, cats six. too. <laughs> six cats as well. Cats. I'm so glad that my friends and community get to hear a little bit of your wisdom in life, Arte Tina. Yeah. Mm. If you want to learn more about Arte Tina and the SheWorks community, you can head to madeinhope.org and click the SheWorks tab. And then you can learn more about the organization, yes. the work of the women. And you can also, um, there's a donate button at the bottom as well. I know that when we were in, um, in the Philippines with them, that any profits that came in from selling or the, or the, or the livelihood programs all went back into the organization and provided a salary for the women. And Ate Tina mm-hmm. and the other leaders took no salary. So uh, if you can help support what God is doing and support them, please do. <laughs> she never asked, so I will. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you for this conversation. It's been very rich indeed and many things to reflect on, to learn. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much too. Bye-bye. Over to you. How will you respond to Jesus' radical call to the margins? Be a part of the Surrender Road Trip by following the podcast, joining us at one of our events. 
Surrender partners with dozens of organizations and initiatives. Join us and others and take action at surrender.org.au.